The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. Kia ora. Thanks for tuning in to the most down-to-earth kids radio show in New Zealand, The Kids Mix, with me, Kath B. We'll have songs, stories, fun facts, giveaways, and what's that noise? Plus, Susie Cato joins us with Susie and Friends. The Kids Mix, with me, Kath B, on Fresh FM. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. You've had some rest, now it's time to wake up. You feel refreshed, now it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. You've had some rest, now it's time to wake up. You feel refreshed, now it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. Now pirates like a good game, you know. And there's one that I know called the Pirate Limbo. Have a go. When you're dangling by a rope And your toes and your fingers are a-jiggling Oh, well, you ain't gonna sing When you're hanging by a string Cos your neck's gonna break from all the wriggling And then your head's removed Your body's tarred and feathered And then you're put inside a gibbet Then you're weathered Until your arms and legs turn green And your eyes get plucked out You see what I mean? Well, you can't because you ain't got no eyes. Still a pirate's life's the only life I'll lead. I'll live and breathe. A pirate's life's the only life for me. Now there's another game with rope. And today's your lucky day, you hope. It's a game likes to call the pirate's limbo. Now you yells out, there she blows. And then you shuffle on your toes. And underneath the rope is where you come. But you'd be leaning back as far as you can be. You'd have your finger on your nose just like me And as you're shuffling on your toes and yelling Look out, there she blows <laughs> It's underneath the rope you've got to come That's how it's done It's underneath the rope you've got to come That's how it's done It's underneath the rope you've got to come Underneath the rope you've got to come Hello, hello have you ever ridden a roller coaster? I have. Sometimes it's fun, and sometimes it makes my head go funny. Here's a song by Lilo and Stitch called Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. There's no place to rather be Lingering in the ocean blue I surf till the sun sets beyond the horizon. Flying by on the Hawaiian roller coaster. Abiki biki mairo hirohi. 
song that I wrote with my friend Dan Kendrick. It's called Supersonic Boogie Bottom. So get your bottoms boogieing along to that. Supersonic Boogie Bottom. Are you ready? Here we go. Move your feet. Shrug your shoulders. Bottom. Robot arms. Robot legs. Robot body. And clap. And clap. Two steps forward. And clap. Two steps back. Spin around. 
you ready? Here we go! Supersonic Boogie Bottom Sonic Boogie Bottom Raise your arms Bend your knees Supersonic Boogie Bottom This is Kath B on the Kids Mix on Fresh FM. We're going to have a story now by Leon Castell Anderson and it's called My Own Grandpa. This is a story I used to read to my daughter years ago. It was bought for her by her grandpa and it's called My Own Grandpa. It's by Leone Castell Anderson and illustrated by Kathy Wilburn. Andrew dragged his feet. He sighed. He looked at his ball. It was no fun playing when there was no one to play with. All of his friends were away on holiday. Suddenly, Andrew remembered that his friend Ben was still home. He ran down the block. Ben, he yelled. Want to play catch? Hi, Andrew. Can't. Grandpa and me are going to play checkers. Oh, Andrew slowed. How about when you're through with checkers? Can't, Ben shook his head. Grandpa's going to take me fishing. Andrew trudged home. He wished he had a grandpa who lived nearby, a grandpa to go fishing with, a grandpa to do things with. Andrew tossed his ball up in the air. It came down and bounced once, then twice. Then bump, 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 it bounced towards the street. Andrew started for the curb. Don't go out in that street, young man. It was a billy goat gruff voice. Andrew turned around. A man with bushy white eyebrows was glaring at him. The man looked scary to Andrew. I wasn't going in the street, Andrew said. Hmm, good thing, said the man. Andrew stomped over to the curb. He picked up the ball from where it had rolled into the gutter. Then he stomped home. Boy, he said, a grumpy old man yelled at me and Ben's busy with his grandpa and there's no one to play with. I wish I had a grandpa to do things with. You sound as if you're lonesome, his mother hugged him. Andrew, she said, I think it's time you met the people I work with. They're sometimes lonely too. You mean the people who live in that big green house around the corner? Andrew knew the greenhouse was called Green Meadows Manor. His mother went to work there once a week, but Andrew had never gone there with her. His mother smiled and took his hand. That's right, she said. Let's go. 
Inside the house, in a large sunny room, lots of people were busy. Many of them smiled and said hello. A grey-haired lady looking up from her knitting. Are you going to give us a painting lesson today? She asked Andrew's mother. Not today, Mrs Bailey. Today I brought my son Andrew to meet all my friends here. Andrew's mother took him around the room. Andrew liked the man with no hair and thick glasses. When Andrew couldn't say Giannopolis, the man smiled and said to call him Mr G. Mrs Wilson showed Andrew how she made her wheelchair go. When his mother stopped to chat with Mrs Wilson, Andrew skipped on ahead. He wanted to meet everyone. He saw a man sitting at a table. Andrew went over to him. Hi, he said. The man squinted up at him. You're in my light, young man, he said. Andrew stiffened. It was the man with the bushy eyebrows and gruff voice. I'm not a young man, Andrew said. I'm Andrew. He didn't like this man. He turned away. So you're Andrew. The man's voice didn't sound nearly so gruff this time. Andrew slowly turned back. Well, I'm William. William Barker, said the man. He held out his hand. He wasn't smiling, Andrew saw, but his eyes looked twinkly under those bushy eyebrows. He wasn't quite so scary now. Andrew shook the man's hand. Hi, he said. I'm tying flies, Mr Barker told him. Tying flies? asked Andrew. Flies, Mr Barker said, to fish with. Haven't you ever gone fishing? Yes, I have, Andrew said. My daddy took me. We fished off a bridge, but we didn't have flies. William Barker chuckled. He isn't scary at all when he laughs, Andrew thought. Fly fishing is something special, Andrew. Look here. He showed Andrew a box. It was filled with bright coloured bits of feathers. Those are flies, said Mr Barker. You tie one of those on the end of a line. Cast, reel in, keep that fly skimming along the water. Mr Barker was pretending with an imaginary rod and reel. Andrew watched him. Then suddenly, said Mr Barker, wham, that old trout takes the fly and Andrew giggled at Mr Barker, reeling in a fish they couldn't even see. But it looked like fun. Do you think I could do that, Andrew asked. Mr Barker looked at him. Would you like me to take you fly fishing? Sure, Andrew cried. He grinned at Mr Barker. Suddenly, Andrew asked, Would you be my grandpa? Then he frowned, but I guess you already belong to somebody else. I do have three grandchildren, Andrew, said Mr Barker, but they all live far away. My grandpa lives far away too, said Andrew. Then it's a deal, said Mr Barker, and they shook hands. Just then, Andrew's mother came up. Hello, Mr Barker, she said. I see that you and Andrew have met. Mrs Mitchell, Mr Barker said, may I take your son fishing tomorrow? She looked at the two of them and smiled. I think that's a great idea, she said. Good, Mr Barker said. I'll come by about eight in the morning. Better be ready, Andrew. Yes, sir, Andrew turned and waved at Mr Barker as he and his mother went toward the door. Andrew skipped on the way home. As they were passing Ben's house, Ben came out the door. Hey, Andrew, he called. Want to go fishing tomorrow with my grandpa and me? Andrew smiled. Can't, he said. I'm going fishing with my own grandpa.
Aw, wasn't that a lovely story? I like getting messy. I like getting messy. I like getting messy. mix on Fresh FM with me, Kath B. Do you eat your greens? Mm, you've got to have greens every day. And this next song, Jacqueline Taimana Williams will tell you all about it. Kakariki greens, long green beans, little round peas, broccoli trees, cabbage in my coleslaw, crunch, 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 lettuce, lettuce, Hands high! 
I used to read to my daughter. It's called Annie and Moon. And now it's time for a story read by me, Kath B, on Fresh FM's Kids Mix. This story's called Annie and Moon. It's a story by Miriam Smith. Annie and Moon are good friends. They even look alike, which is strange, because Annie is a girl and Moon is a cat. Annie has black hair and green eyes like Moon and Moon has black fur and green eyes like Annie. Annie and Moon have not always lived together. When Annie was little, she lived with her mother and father in their own little house in the country. But when she was four, her father went away to live somewhere else, and the house seemed empty without him. It's lonely here, said Meg. Let's move into town where there are more people. So Meg sold the little house and she and Annie packed up their clothes and their furniture and went to live in a flat in town. The flat was just two rooms on the top floor of a large building. 
There were no other children in the building and Annie had no one to play with. So one day, Meg brought home a tiny black kitten. I think I'll call him Moon, said Annie, because he's as black as a black, black night with no moon. At first, Moon was very unhappy away from his cat family. He walked around and around, calling for his mother. He didn't like his new home. Annie stroked him. Poor little cat, she said. It isn't easy for a little cat to get used to a new home. Annie lined Moon's basket with sheepskin and put it in the corner of the kitchen. Moon seemed to like that, and after a while, he settled down. But it costs a lot of money to live in a flat. We haven't got enough money to live here, said Meg. Let's go and live with Auntie Mari. So Meg and Annie packed up their clothes and their furniture and moved to Auntie Mari's house. At Auntie Mari's house, there were lots of children to play with, but cats aren't allowed to sleep inside, said Auntie Mari. So soon, Moon had to sleep out in the shed. Annie cried when Moon was put outside at night. Moon cried too. Meg had some friends who all lived together in a big old house. There's room for you both, they said, and we don't mind if cats sleep inside. So Meg and Annie packed up their clothes and their furniture and moved to the big old house. A baby in the big old house pulled Moon's tail and squeezed him hard. Annie put Moon's basket in her room where he would feel safe. Meg was often busy with her friends, so Annie talked to Moon. Poor little cat, she would say. It isn't easy for a little cat to get used to a new home. Then Annie's granddad died. I wish you would both come and live with me, said Grandma. I could do with the company. Shall we go? asked Meg. Yes, I like Grandma, said Annie. So they packed up their clothes and their furniture and went to live with Grandma. Grandma's house was just right. There was a garden with trees for Annie and Moon to climb, and Grandma and Annie had lots to talk about. Moon seemed to like it too. But Grandma had a dog called Brutus who loved to chase cats. Moon arched his back, and his fur stood straight up whenever Brutus came near him. Annie put Moon's basket right under her bed so he would feel really safe. One day, Brutus crept into the bedroom when Moon was asleep. There was a terrible fight. Moon was so frightened, he jumped out of the window and ran away. Oh no! Annie called and called, but Moon didn't come. When she went to bed, she left the window open for him. That night, Meg got into bed with Annie. It seemed such a long night. They waited and waited. Just as the sun began to come up, there was a scratching outside the window, then a thump on the bedroom floor. Something had landed on the bed and began to purr. It was Moon! Annie sat up and hugged him. Meg sat up and hugged them both. 
You don't know, said Annie, how very hard it is for a little cat to get used to a new home. Meg smiled. I do know, she said. It's hard for little girls too, and for mothers. Annie thought for a bit. Let's stay here. Brutus and Moon should get used to each other. Then we can all get along together. And do you know what? After a while, they did get along just fine. And that's the end. The Kids Mix with me, Kath B, on Fresh FM. Levity Beats song is up next. It's called Every Colour for Everyone. And it's about how we can like any colour we want to. I'm a boy and I like pink guitars. I can sing and dance like Bruno Mars. I don't chase balls out on the grass I'm fit and strong from ballet class So there, oh yeah, uh-huh I'm a girl and I like black and blue I can know I'm mountain biking too You won't see me in a dress Jumps up the train and makes a mess So good, oh yeah, uh-huh Boy color, girl color There's no such thing Life shines down for Hi, I'm Bob in purple pattern shirts Floral jeans and fall for winter skirts You'll never hear me sing the blues In my favorite silver sparkly shoes So they, oh yeah, uh-huh Mine and Sal and I wear brown and green I dress up in mossy back and leaves I look like a tree, they say When I hear the beat and start to sway So there, oh yeah uh-huh. Boy color, girl color, there's no such thing Light shines down for everyone Every color comes from the sun Girl color, boy color, there's no such thing Light shines down for everyone Every color comes from the sun 
on Fresh FM with Kath B. Let's listen to a story by Dr Seuss. It's called Oh the Places You'll Go and it's one of my favourites. Congratulations! Today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own and you know what you know. And you are the guy who will decide where to go. You'll look up and down streets. Look them over with care. About some you will say, I don't choose to go there. With your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down any not-so-good street. And you may not find any you'll want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. It's opener there, in the wide open air. Out there, things can happen, and frequently do, to people as brainy and footsy as you. And when things start to happen, don't worry, don't stew, just go right along. You'll start happening, too. Oh, the places you'll go! You'll be on your way up, you'll be seeing great sights, you'll join the high flyers who soar to high heights. Won't lag behind because you'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang, and you'll soon take the lead. Wherever you fly, you'll be best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say so, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You can get all hung up in a prickly perch. And your gang will fly on. You'll be left in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump, and the chances are then that you'll be in a slump. And when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. You will come to a place where the streets are not marked. Some windows are lighted, but mostly they're dark. A place you could sprain both your elbow and chin. Do you dare to stay out? Do you dare to go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? And if you go in, should you turn left or right, or right and three quarters, or maybe not quite, or go around back and sneak in from behind? Simple, it's not. I'm afraid you will find, for a mind maker upper, to make up his mind. You can get so confused that you'll start in to race down long, wiggled roads at a break-necking pace, and grind on for miles across weirdish, wild space, headed, I fear, toward a most useless place—the waiting place for people just waiting, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go. Or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, or waiting around for a yes or no, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. 
waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. No! That's not for you! Somehow you'll escape all that waiting and staying. You'll find the bright places where boom bands are playing. With banner flip-flapping, once more you'll ride high, ready for anything under the sky, ready because you're that kind of a guy. Oh, the places you'll go! There is fun to be done, there are points to be scored, there are games to be won, and the magical things you can do with that ball will make you the winningest winner of all. Fame! You'll be famous as famous can be, with the whole wide world watching you win on TV. Except when they don't. Because sometimes they won't. I'm afraid that sometimes you'll play lonely games, too. Games you can't win, because you'll play against you. All alone. Whether you like it or not, alone will be something you'll be quite a lot. And when you're alone, there's a very good chance you'll meet things that scare you right out of your pants. There are some down the road between hither and yon that can scare you so much you won't want to go on. But on you will go, though the weather be foul. On you will go, though your enemies prowl. On you will go, though the hacken cracks howl. Onward up many a frightening creek, though your arms may get sore and your sneakers may leak. On and on you will hike, and I know you'll hike far, and face up to your problems, whatever they are. You'll get mixed up, of course, as you already know. You'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you go. So be sure when you step. Step with care and great tact. And remember that life's a great balancing act. Just never forget to be dexterous and deft, and never mix up your right foot with your left. And will you succeed? Yes, you will indeed. 98 and 3 quarters percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains. So, be your name Buxbaum or Bixby or Bray or Mordecai, Ali, Van Allen, O'Shea. You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting, so get on your way. Rowing forwards, watch the rowers row. 
that you've just woken up. But maybe you could lie down again and I'll sing you my lullaby, which I wrote for my daughter, Sean. Close your eyes Now you're warm In your bed Close your eyes And remember the Close your eyes and you'll soon be far away Go to sleep, my love, go to sleep Sweet dreams taking over your mind Sweet dreams of whatever your heart desires Sweet dreams will see you through the night Go to sleep, my love Go to sleep Softly shines the FM with Kath B. Here's a story called Jolly Tall and it's in the series of Old Bear and Friends. Please read us a story, Old Bear. 
Bramwell Brown had been busy knitting all week. He'd started on Monday, knitted all Tuesday, and by Wednesday, the scarf he was making was just about long enough for Little Bear. But Bramwell didn't stop. By Thursday, the scarf fitted Rabbit and Little Bear together. But still, Bramwell kept knitting. On Friday, the scarf fitted Rabbit, Little Bear and Duck. But Bramwell didn't stop knitting until Saturday. And by then, the scarf was too long for anyone in the playroom. I suppose we could cut it up, said Little Bear. Then everyone would have a scarf. We'd all come unknitted then, said Old Bear. Little Bear tried on the scarf once more. But he tripped over the end and landed upside down in Bramwell's lap. Why did you make it so long? he asked. Because people kept interrupting me, said Bramwell, and I forgot to measure it. Never mind, said Old Bear. I'm sure it will come in useful sometime. As a skipping rope, perhaps, grumbled Duck. Um, may we interrupt you just one more time, asked Rabbit. Uh, we want you to come and look at a box. We don't know what's inside, but it might be something exciting. Like treasure, said Little Bear. Probably empty, muttered Duck. Rabbit led the toys to a tall box tied up with string. Bramwell walked all round it. It hasn't got a label, he said. I'll make a hole in it and look inside. With his knitting needle, Bramwell poked a tiny hole in the box. The box said, ouch. Can boxes talk, whispered Rabbit. Well, this one just did, said Little Bear. It wasn't the box, said Old Bear. It was the something inside. What a pity, said Little Bear. It can't be treasure, then. Well, it might be something guarding the treasure, said Rabbit hopefully. Go on, Bramwell, open it, please. I think I ought to talk to it first and see if it's friendly. He crept over to the little hole. Hello, he called softly. Are you friend or foe? Hello, came the muffled reply. I think I must be a friend because I haven't heard of a foe, unless a foe is better than a friend, in which case I'm one of those. Doesn't sound very sure, said Duck. I think we ought to be prepared anyway, said Rabbit. I'll find a net to catch it in, in case it suddenly jumps out. I'll fetch a rope to tie it up, said Duck. It might escape from your net. And I'll find a bag to put the treasure in, said Little Bear, just in case there is some. Very carefully, Bramwell and Old Bear untied the string and lifted the lid. They all held their breath. Two little fairy horns appeared first. Then two large furry ears, and then a great big friendly furry face. Oh, that's better, said the something, smiling down at the toys. Hello, everyone. What have you got there? Rabbit and Duck 
quickly dropped the net and the rope. But Little Bear clung hopefully to his bag. Excuse me, he said. Are you standing on some treasure? The big furry head disappeared into the box and then popped out again. Sorry, it said. There's no treasure in here. What are you standing on, then? asked Rabbit. Just the bottom of the box, it replied. Gosh, gasped Little Bear. You must be jolly tall. That's right, said their new friend. I'm jolly tall. That's my name. But you can call me Jolly if you like. Do you like my new house? Well, actually, said Little Bear, we thought it was just a box. It would look better with doors and windows. Jolly agreed. So the toys set to work. Old Bear marked out the windows and doors, and Little Bear cut them out. Bramble fetched some material for curtains, and Rabbit fixed them in place with glue and pins. All the toys helped, and were very pleased when at last the box looked like a real house. Little Bear went in to tell Jolly that it was ready. You can come out now, he said. I'm afraid I can't, said Jolly. I'm too tall for the front door. Well, you could jump out, suggested Rabbit. Jolly jumped, but he couldn't get anywhere near high enough. Little Bear rushed out of the door very quickly. A jumping Jolly seemed more dangerous than a still one. Fetch the crane, said Old Bear. We'll lift you out. Will that mean going up? asked Jolly nervously. Of course, said Old Bear. Up and over the top of the box. But I don't like heights, said Jolly. My head seems to think it's high enough as it is. I know what to do, said Little Bear. I'll put my paws over your eyes. Then you won't see how high you're going. After a bit of a struggle, the toys managed to lift the crane up onto the pile of books to make it taller than Jolly Tall. Little Bear tied the chain to a handkerchief around Jolly's middle, climbed up Jolly's neck, and leaned over to cover his eyes with his paws. We're ready, he shouted, and Bramble began to turn the handle of the crane. Very slowly, Jolly began to rise out of the box, and soon the toys could see nearly all of his long neck. Feeling very excited, Bramwell wound the handle faster and faster as more and more of Jolly appeared. We're up! cried Little Bear, taking one paw off Jolly's eye to wave to the others. Then it happened. Jolly saw how high up he was and began to wave his legs about like a windmill. The box wobbled, Jolly wobbled, and both went crashing to the floor. Little Bear flew across the room and disappeared. But nobody noticed. They were too busy helping Jolly up and on to his feet again. Where's Little Bear? Jolly asked. They peered into the battered box. I'm here, cried a little voice from across the room. I flew. There was Little Bear clinging to the playroom curtain by the tips of his paws. Help! he shouted. I can't get down. Hang on, said Jolly. He galloped to the rescue. I think I can get you down. You can slide down my neck. Little Bear could hang on no longer. He let go of the curtain, shot all the way down Jolly's neck, and fell plop 
into the net that Bramwell held out for him. He enjoyed it so much that he wanted another go. But Old Bear said it was time for bed. Where's Jolly going to sleep? asked Rabbit. I'll swap my bed for your house, Jolly, said Little Bear. You can have my house, said Jolly cheerfully. Giraffe sleeps standing up. Just a blanket would do for me. Rabbit and Little Bear found a nice cosy blanket for their new friend. But they couldn't get all of him under it. <sighs> your neck's going to get cold, sighed Little Bear. Bramble looked at Jolly with his neck sticking out of the blanket. Just a moment, he cried, rushing off. A few minutes later, he returned with a carefully wrapped parcel. It's a present for you, Jolly, he said, a welcome present. Jolly unwrapped the parcel. Inside was the very, very long red scarf. It's lovely, he said. It's the best welcome present ever. But how did you know I'd need it? We knew someone would, said Bramble. And he wound the extra long scarf round and round and round Jolly's long neck. We thought you were a box of treasure this morning, said Rabbit. Or just an empty box, said Duck. But we're very glad you weren't, said Little Bear. A new friend is much more fun than a whole box full of treasure. You know what I think it'd be hilarious? If we all got a little bit delirious! 
Kiwanuka and welcome to the Kids Mix with me, Kath B. Next song's called Pigs Will Fly. Doesn't care just where he sneezes Pigs will fly but coughs and wheezes Spread around the flu Whenever he says Achoo! Just where he sneezes Pigs will fly but coughs and wheezes Spread around the flu Whenever he says Achoo! podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show first broadcast on fresh fm the top of the south's community access media station with support from new zealand on air the funding of access media makes these podcasts possible to find similar programs by other community access media stations go online to accessmedia.nz